Hey, this is Seth Scruggs, co-host of Rewatch. We're very excited to announce that we are going to be premiering a short film called Five Minutes. It was directed by me, and it was produced and written by Zachary Vaughn. We shot it back in December, and we're getting ready to release it on August 28th at 6 p.m. It will be premiering on YouTube as a live premiere. Uh, you can find all the information on Instagram at MarkSpotsTheX Productions. Following the premiere of the film, we are going to be hosting a live Q&A at 6.15 uh, where we're going to talk about the film and you can come out and ask us questions and we'll be excited to answer them. August 28th at 6pm with a Q&A following at 6.15, the premiere of 5 Minutes, a short film by Seth Scruggs and Zachary Vaughn. Hello and welcome to Rewatch. My name is Seth Scruggs and I am joined by my co-host Zachary Vaughn. Hello. And this week, well this is the show where we talk about movies we love and movies we haven't seen yet. Uh, This week we're talking about a movie called Blind Spotting uh, starring David Diggs and Rafael Casal and Jasmine Cephas Jones. I'm talking like this as I still trying to pull up the IMDb page. Okay. Uh, Blind Spotting, it's a 2018 film, and it's about Colin, a guy on probation, who's almost, like, about to end his probation. It's about to end, and he is kind of dealing with a whole host of issues and kind of questioning his role in his life and kind of what's what's going on. Uh, this is one of the movies that in the wake of George Floyd's death in June of 2020 or May of 2020 and in the preceding preceding months, this is one of the films uh, by black filmmakers, a filmmaker of color uh, that was kind of made available for free to kind of stoke conversation. Uh, so that kind of gives, uh, look into it 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 covers a lot of issues we were talking about this a little bit earlier it covers a lot of issues in a 90 minute runtime yeah uh i mean this this covers everything from gentrification to racism to police brutality to cultural appropriation to being a father and being a friend and what that means and being in a relationship like it, it just it covers a lot anger yeah. issues yeah yeah I, it, I don't know like yeah the differences between two people of different skin colors growing up in the same neighborhood mm-hmm. in the same context but the differences in the context they grew up in solely because of their skin color yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh so there's a lot to talk about here why don't you just kind of give me your first first impressions so I just flat out thought it was incredible. Um, There were many times where I was like, I noticed I was holding my breath or I audibly, even though I was the only one in the room said, wow. Or uh, I like, I noticed after a scene that like my mouth was hanging open because I was like, 
I just couldn't move. I couldn't mm. take my eyes away from it. It was incredible. I was just drawn in, drawn in from literally the like the beginning of the title sequence. Because like it's not like mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's nothing special, but like it like there's no A role in it. No, it is. But it's so interesting. And it even the title sequence is making a thematic point. Mm-hmm. It's uh, contrasting. The title sequence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the title sequence is about like nothing story-wise happens, but what it does is it juxtaposes these images of like the culture of Oakland and the gentrified culture that's kind of coming in without respect to the older culture and kind of this back and forth thing that's happening in Oakland and in a lot of major cities. Mm -hmm. And it's so perfectly and visually makes its point that it's trying to make where it's just straight up here are two images side by side and they don't make sense beside each other yeah but they like this is what you would experience if you were walking down the street Mm -hmm. and i even liked how as it got like halfway through the title sequence they were showing similar they were showing the same thing only from different perspectives and one of my favorite Mm -hmm. shots I, w- I was trying as I realized it was going and what it was doing. I was trying to like think in my mind as it was going, what is this showing? Okay. So this is showing this person's perspective and this person's perspective. And one shot mm-hmm. is of a mural. One's like a medium shot. The other is a wide shot and they're both moving. They're both moving in the same direction. And I was thinking one of these is from the perspective of walking next to it and the others from the perspective of driving past it. oh that's really good i didn't pick up on that i i like that a lot that's a that's a that's good dang um yeah and i just thought it was really cool like within the first two minutes of the movie i was already blown away by the symbolism and mm-hmm. comparing and contrasting that it had in it yeah for sure why i mean there's a lot to talk about here yeah let's talk about what we're good at which is like the filmmaking stuff i want to jump into the acting immediately because that's the thing that really there's a lot that sticks out to me in this movie Mm -hmm. uh but i want to jump into the acting because i think that it's so brilliant and i guess a little bit of the writing too i don't i feel like those two are not those are those ideas are a little bit inseparable Mm-hmm. for this movie because David Diggs and Rafael Casal hope, hope I'm saying his name right both of them were in this film they also wrote the film together mm-hmm. so kind of an important thing to talk about I think for me the standout performance of this film is David Diggs by far like yeah, yeah. I mean yeah I, he just every scene he knocks it out of the park and it's his movie Mm-hmm. but it's interesting um one of the things that fascinates me about film and how we experience film is the way that 
like the meta textual elements of a film influence us seeing the film. So David Diggs, um, if you don't know, was part of the original Broadway cast of Hamilton. He played Jefferson and Lafayette. He also was in the movie Wonder as this very kind school teacher. And then he's in this film and all three of those roles are incredibly different. So him kind of coming in, me coming into this film the first time and the second time with that like cultural context of who he is uh, was really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. yeah. Tell me, tell me your thoughts on performance as a whole. Tell me, start with Diggs performance and then go from there. I thought Diggs performance was incredible. I'm going to be using the word incredible a lot <laughs> when talking about this movie. Um, it had everything it needed. Like he, he felt so real because he was so conflicted in that. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't like, he didn't actually do like a lot of a lot of times in it he is like accused of doing something that he didn't do typically miles did it Mm -hmm. and he's torn between his loyalty to miles the fact that he was arrested and not wanting people to think that just because he was arrested that means he did all this stuff Mm mm-hmm and the fact that he's almost off of probation, so he also specifically doesn't want to mess that up. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can you can see just how torn he is throughout everything. Um, and he's also like he's he's just a good guy. Like, uh, you you can see he's trying, um, mm-hmm. which is contrasted to with. Uh, with Miles, with Raphael um, Casal's character, because he is like leaning really hard into the thug life, kind of, mm-hmm. um, as David is leaning hard out of the thug life, um, and it, and the movie does a great job at showing the differences, like between a guy, a black man who is trying to get out of the thug life. Mm-hmm. And is on probation and a white man who is leaning into it, who has not been arrested. And, and like, and there's a character who makes a very poignant point, mm-hmm. uh, accidental alliteration there. Uh, she makes this point where she says, if something were going to happen and it was you and Miles, who do you think the cops are going to shoot? Mm-hmm. And I think that that moment to me that's the thing that i point to when i'm like it, it there's so many themes flying around in this film that are covered incredibly well mm-hmm. but that to me is what it keeps coming back to and the depiction of their friendship you know and kind of seeing the pressure build on colin throughout mm-hmm. the film and that's really what the pressure he's feeling is not just i not that he saw a white man kill a black man it's not just that 
he's almost off probation. It's not just that his friend bought a gun in front of him, even though he doesn't, he's on probation and he's clearly uncomfortable. It's not just that. It's not just that. Mm -hmm. It's all of those things combined. Yeah. Which drive to this. Really, I think that there are two climaxes to the film. Um, One in his emotional, in his relationship with Miles, Mm -hmm. and one with his relationship with uh, himself and kind of his circumstances. Yeah, I agree. And I I kind of want to talk about both of them because I think... I think both of them are digging on the same themes in a way. Uh, But both of them, but there's a different approach to them. Mm -hmm. So the first is a scene that takes place kind of later in the film. So plot wise, it's hard to lay out this movie bluntly, but basically Colin is three days away from the end of his probation his friend is nuts and not really giving a crap about Colin's feelings about the fact that he's almost off probation and not giving a crap about the law. Then as Colin is driving home one night, he witnesses a white officer shoot a black man, an unarmed black man on Martin Luther King Jr. Avenue he watches that happen then he takes kind of goes on his way and is kind of processing all of these things happening at once he's reconciling with the fact that his community looks different he's reconciling with the fact that his friend is kind of sucky he's reconciling with the fact that yeah he did time in jail and he didn't necessarily he he kind of deserved it for some things that he did and he's kind of reconciling with all of these things and trying to like be better and and be one of the things one of the things he says is he buys a green juice which for miles is a symbol of gentrification and colin just looks at me and says man let me better myself let me (laughs) let me let me do this let me do this um which a lot of the commentary on gentrification is very interesting in that the film is very, I think the film, it's safe to say the film is anti-gentrification, but Colin kind of buys into some of it mm-hmm. in a way. Um, and, and is kind of saying there are elements of this that might be good. Yeah. Like, I mean, in, in all, in most things, I'm not going to say in all things because that's going to go, exactly against the point that i'm about to make (laughs) in most things there are pros and cons yeah sometimes there are more cons than pros sometimes there are more pros and cons but in most things Mm -hmm. there are good things that come along with the bad like there are healthy lifestyles that come along with gentrification that didn't exist in areas before that 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 to me isn't worth it but like there are there are some pros there, there, that come yeah with it. yeah just because like yes like culture is being erased and that's not good 
yeah, home prices are going up and that's not good. But at the same time, we have some we have access to some things and maybe they're more affordable. Like there there's back mm-hmm. and forth. Yeah. I don't want to get into a discussion on gentrification at all. Yeah, because that's I, also that was not, more that's not a the side comment of this movie either. Yeah. No. No, that's almost more a backdrop in yeah. some ways. The point I was making though, there are two scenes that kind of drive home these themes of the film. And the first happens after a party where Miles loses it. Mm-hmm. He pulls this gun, which this movie perfect plays perfectly into the rule of screen screenwriting, where if you show a gun in the first act, you got to use it in the third act. Chekhov's gun. I mean, literally, the film the gun shows up in the first real scene of the film, and is used at the beginning of the third act. So, nailed that at least. Um, literally Miles Chekhov's gun. Literally. Uh, so Miles loses it at a party, pulls a gun and like fires a a bunch of shots into the air. Colin pulls Miles away, kind of tackles him and pushes him out and they have it out and fight for a little bit. And essentially what happens is Colin tells miles to say the n-word uh to which miles responds that he won't because he doesn't use that language even though he uses everything else Mm -hmm. and colin's point is that if the cops were coming and looking for someone the person they would want to find is miles Mm mm-hmm but the person that they would look for is Colin. And so he's trying to explain to Miles something really, um, really that the whole movie is kind of formulating, which is I don't have the luxury of acting the way you do. Mm-hmm. Because if I did, then I, then I, I, I could, but because I look like I do, I don't have the luxury of picking fights and firing off guns because mm-hmm. I get arrested. Yeah. Don't you remember I did two months in jail? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, there's, uh, there's so much to this movie that's just like layers on layers on layers. Mm-hmm. Because um, like, he was in jail because of a fight that Miles escalated. Mm-hmm. Yep. And oh, there's just oh, there's so much. And then there's even his relationship with Val. Um, which shows so much duality. Not not duality, uh conflict, like inner conflict. Mm-hmm. Uh Especially with her because she, like, he still needs to prove himself a changed man to her. But she does care about him. Yeah. Like, she very clearly cares about him and wants him to better himself and wants him to get healthy, wants him to 
stop mm-hmm. fighting and stuff. Um, which again goes back to the title of the film, which mm-hmm. is called "It's Blind Spotting," and they kind of talk about that in the in the film to mean that when you're not no one is one thing but when you're looking at one aspect of a person you're blind to the other Mm -hmm. so you may look at someone's you know good things and you won't see the bad but if you look at the bad you may not see the good Mm -hmm. and that's that's kind of the point that he makes is that I'm I'm both of these things. I'm a lot of these things, but when you look at me, you're only going to be able to see one, but I'm I am both. Mm-hmm. Which kind of brings us to the next thing because that's the place where you directly reference it. And this is kind of like the second climax for the movie. You have his relationship with Colin's relationship with Miles, which is kind of this driving force behind a lot of the film. And that's like his external conflict. But he's dealing a lot with this internal conflict of watching this white police officer gun down an unarmed black man in the street and then looking directly at him and kind of wrestling with that and wrestling with the fact that he saw it happen and that he was there and couldn't do anything about it Mm -hmm. and feels kind of helpless. And he kind of feels helpless in a lot of his situations. He feels helpless in that his neighborhood is changing. He feels helpless in his friendship. You know, he feels helpless because of who he is and because of Mm -hmm. the situation he's in. Yeah. And the movie gives him a chance to act. So he ends up alone in a room with the police officer in what is probably one of the most impactful scenes i mean it's probably the most impactful scene in the movie it's one of the most impactful scenes i think i've ever seen Mm -hmm. yeah you because it's a it's a fight scene where no one fights Mm -hmm. it i was this another one of those places where you were holding your breath yes oh absolutely yeah there was that there was uh sean and the gun Mm mm-hmm yeah, uh, and I think it, it's all throughout. It's yeah, a very yeah, like it's, the, it's, the movie plays with your tension very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So basically, what happens is Colin sees the police officer, pulls his own gun, faces him, then proceeds to rap at him as this way of getting out what he's feeling in a way that will affect the officer more based on something that miles mm-hmm. said earlier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It, it, because kind of what they point out is, and, and what's interesting. And I think this is what's so cool about the movie is that throughout the film, he, uh, Colin and miles are doing this like freestyle rap thing based on how they're feeling in mm-hmm. any given moment. So they, they're movers and they walk into this old abandoned house and Colin does this like freestyle rap thing about the about cleaning out a dead person's house and what that feels like. So it it adds to this thing and it escalates it. You don't really think about what it's doing until the very end. And then you have him with his police officer and the way that he decides to work out his frustration is to rap 
mm-hmm. and to basically explain every single thing that's going through his head. And part of the point he makes there is that he is both. He is both. He is everything at not just what you can see at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, there's so much I want to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> we could do like three whole episodes on this mm-hmm. film. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I do want to jump into another thing. So this this is a short film. I'm talking a lot. I'm sorry. No, that's uh, fine. I'll I I have I'm setting stuff aside gotcha. to bring up later. Gotcha. So this is a relatively short film at 90 mm-hmm. minutes, which is kind of yeah. like what we accept as like a feature length film. Like technically mm-hmm. anything over 40, but like 90 is where we accept it. And yeah, but it it covers so much ground. But the other thing is that we were talking about how tense it is. And how tense it feels at times. But you don't walk away. Like I didn't walk away. Feeling heavy. With this film. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I mean I don't know. How did you feel? I feel like this movie does a very good job at. give Like making it tense. And then resolving that tension. And then making it tense and so on. Uh, what, were, what were your kind of impressions about that? I think one of the things that helps is the way they weave comedy throughout. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a very funny movie. It's so funny. (laughs) Um, But also like really intense at times. And I think like they know when to add levity and like it's built off of a lot of levity. Mm -hmm. Like in a lot of the first act in the first minutes, there's a lot of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, they, they use that to set up a lot that they then just hard right turn into a really intense dramatic beat. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great because it gives you that like, all right, I can breathe. I'm okay. My heart rate can go down. And then it brings you back into the intensity of it mm-hmm. um, kind of playing with you, but also like taking care of the audience so that they mm-hmm. stay so that they stay with the story and are yeah. and they don't close off because I was like, oh, well, this is going to be something intense again. Well, and um, everything is so essential. Yeah. Without being this is important. This is important. Get pay attention like everything is so essential mm-hmm. to the film not a detail is wasted but it it still feels doesn't feel like you were overloaded with information mm-hmm. in such a short amount of time yeah um yeah uh one one thing i think that helps with the intensity is the fact that it's a countdown Mm-hmm. And so, like everything, you're like, "Oh, come on! He's just he just got three days left. You of, can do this." And then it's like, oh, "Okay, now he's he's just got two days left on probation. Just two more days. All right, one more day. You can make it one more day. Come on, Miles, don't screw this up for him for one more day." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he makes well, it, and then it's like, "Oh, come on, Colin, don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't." 
don't. <laughs> well, that's one of the things. So any screenwriting book will tell you that you want to build tension. And the best way to do that is time. Mm-hmm. Every single thing, time is the answer. Uh, because things just build over time. And that, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. This movie plays with that. So well, because really what's so crazy is that the time is almost arbitrary. Mm-hmm. How many days left he has on probation almost feels arbitrary in some ways. Um, but it, it still adds to that intensity so much. Yeah. Um, one, one thing I'm going back to the acting. Mm-hmm. Um, Go for it. That is one of the things that kept me just holding my breath and just, enraptured was how amazingly they like how how much emotion was portrayed entirely non-verbally oh yeah um like in the i'm going in reverse chronological order for this because one of them struck me more than the other um in the climax with the officer the officer doesn't say anything until Colin leaves. Mm-hmm. He's just standing there horrified. One, because there's a guy, an angry man with a gun pointed mm-hmm. at him in his home. Um, and two, because you can see he genuinely is just like losing sleep mm-hmm. and like sick and weeping over what he did. Yeah, probably um, his marriage. It seems to imply that his wife is leaving. Like it's mm-hmm. a, this is a big deal. Yeah. Um, that I mean, I don't want to discount anything from any of the other performances. Obviously, they're all great, but that performance struck me so much on this go around with this movie because it is. I mean that that was nuts. Mm-hmm. He communicates so much, and. In no way does it excuse what he did, mm-hmm. obviously. But and even that's communicated in his nonverbal, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, and then you have in two lines, one of his and one of Miles, you have the reveal. Because mm-hmm. he said after after uh, Colin leaves, he says to Miles, I didn't mean to. And then Miles just asks, are you sure? And he just stared, the guy just, the officer just stares at Miles mm-hmm. for a few seconds, still torn up. And so, you know, like, he didn't think he meant to, but he knows that he did. Yeah. Um, or at least he's not sure. Um, yeah. So it's not as black and white as he thought it was. Mm-hmm. The other scene that just punched me repeatedly in the stomach (laughs) while I was watching it was um, right after Val finishes braiding um, Colin's hair. Mm -hmm. Uh, They stand up and they hug and it's this close up of Val and you see how much she wants to be okay with the person Colin is. Mm -hmm. Or how much she wants to be okay with the person she thinks Colin is. Yeah. Because I think if she actually knew 
the kind of person he was now, she would be okay with it. But she's still trying to remedy that with what she saw. Mm -hmm. Um, And like you just see it like because they're exes and like you you can see just like how much like they just they want back. Yeah. So deeply. Um, But they know like at least as things are right now, that's not going to happen. Um, and like just the, you can see it on her face and like the way he's hugging her and the way she's hugging him back. And it's just like, oh, this hurts. Yep. Yep. And it holds for just a second longer than a goodbye friend hug. Mm -hmm. Oh, it holds for a good two seconds longer. And it. And it's one of those things where you're thinking, wait a second, and they're thinking, wait a second. Mm-hmm. And it's just long enough to do that and then gone. Done. Yep. Yep. And it I, and again, it's nonverbal. It's totally just visual. And, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. yeah. It is very, very good. Mm-hmm. I had something else that I was going to say about this movie and I totally forgot about it. I totally forgot it. Um, Dang it. I have no clue. Oh, that's what it was. You can cut all that out. Yeah. So one of the things we talked about this a little bit one of the things that really stuck out to me about this film is there are a lot of like for lack of a better word like activist movies in the world and that's good i think that there should be activist movies um in the world and they're good to watch and things like just mercy and selma which we've um we haven't done episodes on but we've talked about them on here Things like uh, 13th and uh, I'm Not Your Negro, like other documentaries um, like that are good. The Hate You Give is good. Do the Right Thing is good. Do the Right Thing is good. You know, so there are all these films that are very much protest activism movies. But I think what Line Spotting does so well is it doesn't show you the action that needs to be taken. It shows you why the action needs to be taken. Mm -hmm. And it's not just, we're going to show you the events leading up to this big change, which are good. Like, I really like the hate you give. I think it's extremely powerful, both as a book and a movie. I'm biased. Uh, Angie Thomas and I went to the same college, even though a few years apart. But I... I think that there's something really powerful in telling individual stories that are not, you know, nothing like major happens in this movie, you know, like no world shaking, life changing events happen. It's literally just, you know, that. 
It's a dude's life. Mm-hmm. But and I think I yeah, think yeah. it's important that they show like, yes, he did a thing. He did a bad thing. And whether or not he was exacerbated by his friend, mm-hmm. he did a bad thing and he ended up in jail. He served his time. But now it's showing, hey, I'm trying to change. And like the, uh, Miles had a great point mm-hmm. when they were watching the news, when he and Ashley are watching the news, um, because they show um, the officers like mm-hmm. nice official portrait. police. Yeah. Official police academy portrait or whatever. Um, and then they show a mugshot mm-hmm. of the the man who was shot and he's like in the the orange jumpsuit mm-hmm. and uh miles says why couldn't like this is the best picture they could find of it like why couldn't they get his work photo yep and i yep. just thought wow mm-hmm. that's a great point yeah like, but but they don't feel the need to make that like that's just part of the film right that's and, just an aside yeah and and I think I think what this movie, for me, the reason that I think it's powerful is because big protests and you know loud things are good, but the way that really meaningful change happens is every day. Mm-hmm. If I don't actually just care about you as a person then nothing really good is going to come of it. Mm -hmm. And what this movie does is it makes you care about these people as people. Like these people, meaning the characters of the film. Yeah. As people, not as members of a group. Mm -hmm. And it shows you like, especially for Colin, Mm -hmm. it shows you like, even the simple thing of getting the green juice every day, like that is a step he is taking every day to better himself. Yep. Yep. Like, yeah, that one small thing. Granted, $10 for green juice is expensive. Yeah. Like, whew. I think anything for green juice is expensive, but that's just me. <laughs> um. But like he's he but he's willing to do it. Like he's willing to yep. spend ten dollars every day on a thing of green juice to yep. better himself. To yep. better himself for himself and for Val. Yep. And like to prove to himself and everybody in the world that like, hey, I'm not that guy who beat up and unintentionally lit a flame that guy outside the bar. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And that's con- that's uh, contrasted with Miles, who is putting in no effort to get better, no effort nope. to change or improve. Nope. He's just like, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be the baddest guy there is. And he doesn't um, feel the need. Yeah, he doesn't feel the need to change. Mm-hmm. Why, why would he change? He's fine just the way he is. 
why why is Colin changing? Why is why why is he doing that? Like he yeah, I don't get it. Like yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's a good kind of place to end our discussion of the film. Mm-hmm. Unless you have anything else that you kind of wanna kind of wanna cover. I mean, I I missed one scene that also had a lot of nonverbal in it. Um, oh, okay. Which one was that? It's when uh, Miles had brought the gun home. Oh, yeah. And uh, Miles and Ashley's kid, Sean, has found it. They mm. are talking in another room and then they come out and he's sitting in the middle of the floor. Not playing with the gun, but inspecting exploring the gun. Exploring it. Yeah. yeah, exploring the gun. Um, And they just go silent and... I guess no they do like talk to him and try and get him to put it down but like mm-hmm. it's r- a really tense probably only about 15 seconds but it feels like a full minute yeah another um, another one where you're holding your breath and you don't mm-hmm. realize you're holding your breath yeah um yeah that's another great great scene terrifying uncomfortable oh, yeah. unpleasant but great scene <laughs> yep so what did you rate this movie and would you rewatch it? I am absolutely going to rewatch it probably this weekend. <laughs> I told my roommate about it and he was like, wow. Yeah, let's watch that. Yep. <laughs> um, and then I gave it a 4.5 because there were some parts that I felt were a little clunkily written or performed. Mm-hmm. But as a whole, it was magnificent. Yeah. And upon rewatching it, I will very likely be like, yeah, those aren't that bad. I'm <laughs> going to give it a full five stars. But for now, four and a half. Yeah, I gave it a four and a half my first go around. Um, and then the whole time I was watching this, the second time, I was like, why did I give this? What what was that? Ha- I don't even remember what that half star knock was for and gave <laughs> it five stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll definitely rewatch it. I love the energy of this movie. I love the cinematography. Like we didn't talk a lot about that, but the cinematography, the lighting, oh. always feels. Oh man! It do- it the never feels so out of good. place, but it always feels stylized and in the yeah. world of the film. Like it's just, it's so, it's brilliant, brilliant. It's brilliant. it's all like, in a way, it's over, over the top, overdone, but. It doesn't feel that way. It doesn't feel that way. It's perfect. It feels exactly like the role of the film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could I could talk for a very long time about the lighting of this film. Uh, yeah. I think it's just, I think it's unique and brilliant and I loved it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'll definitely watch it again. And I gave it five stars. Gave it a five. Gave it five stars. Wow. Uh, so Zach, you want to, why don't you hit me with a recommendation I can do that once I think of one. <laughs> um. Oh, <laughs> yes. Sorry. I just screamed into your ear. <laughs> um. So my recommendation is actually a doc. Um, for those of you not in the film world, doc is short for documentary. <laughs> um, it's a film. It's it was released by HBO um 
And I actually had the privilege of watching it before it was released due to an internship um, I was a part of. And it is, uh, when I watched it, it was called Ernie and Joe. Now it's called like Ernie and Joe Crisis Cops or Crisis Cops, either of those. Um, it's about, um, I think, Austin, Texas police officers who um, specialize in the practice of and training of others, other officers in de-escalation techniques. Oh, cool. Um, and so it follows them as they go on some calls and do stuff. Um, and it's really cool seeing, like, seeing the empathy towards humans um, and seeing the uh, the guardian perspective of police officers instead of what is often portrayed as a warrior perspective mm-hmm. um and it's it's really good um right now it's free um as of july 2020 it is free on hbo's youtube channel too so oh, cool i'll have to check that out i haven't seen that yet neat uh my recommendation is a youtube channel uh i i really like film history i think that's been well covered and there's a really cool youtube channel called be kind rewind and essentially she covers all of the best actress oscar campaigns and races and winners and how they won and what brought them there and the whole history of it uh it's so fascinating uh, because there's so much that goes into these decisions and kind of how people win and the politics of it that you don't really think about necessarily. Um, it's so fascinating. Uh, highly, highly recommend it. Uh, Be kind, rewind on YouTube. So, all right, Zach, you want to tell us what we're watching for next week? So next week, we'll be talking about A Quiet Place, another 2018 movie with very a very different story. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. This is one of those that's been on my list forever, and I just haven't made it to see it. So this is just why we do this thing. Mm-hmm. So you can follow Zach on Instagram at bashful coyote you can also follow him on letterboxd at zachary vaughn you can follow me on instagram and letterboxd at seth scruggs and you can follow mark spots the x dot productions for all the cool stuff that we do like this podcast and some other things that we're working on so check that stuff out i'll see you next week bye seth